Fit for Life Radio, episode 105. Got the two of us today, Will and Gary. Just the two of us. That's Will. Beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. I'm Gary. And today, we're going to shed light on the fact that it's American Diabetes Month. Nowhere else, though. It's not oh. World Diabetes Month. <laughs> I think it's a more pressing issue. I think that we have the <laughs> for America that we, des- we decide to uh, make November American Diabetes Month. I wonder why they chose November. I don't know. Maybe to like bring awareness during the time when we're about to go induce, ham on some food, induce diabetes. That's probably what it is. And yeah, we're going to share some facts about that and maybe just highlight a few little effects that exercise and diet can have yeah like how does you know how does it affect it why why would you benefit from it if you do have diabetes or mm-hmm. even pre-diabetic or something like that like yep. what does exercise do and what does changing your your diet do in that regard so and we're not really prescribing anything more no. just talking we are we're not doctors yep we're just kind of throwing knowledge out there. Always ask your doctor. Some information, some statistics. Let's hit it. Let's hit the ground running. All right. So the American Diabetes Association says 30 million Americans have diabetes. Holy shit. <laughs> it's the seventh leading cause of death in the United States. And a person's weight is a major factor. Exercise and proper eating are important in preventing and managing diabetes. That's the whole episode. So the ADA says uh, some steps we can take to prevent type 2, which we'll go into a little bit difference of type 1 and type 2, but some, yeah. according to the ADA, steps to prevent type 2, which is the most common form, is stay at a healthy weight, eat well, and be active. With these steps, you can stay healthier, longer, and lower your risk of diabetes. That's it. So just maintain a, a a healthy body weight and be active. Yeah, and that's where a lot of people you have to understand. You know, people get upset about the scale and body weight, but the bottom line is there's a lot of numbers that correlate with these like BMI range body fats. Of hey, mm-hmm. if you stay in this body weight for your height and gender good things happen yeah or bad things don't happen yeah exactly so what happens is people aren't when you aren't in that range it's discomforting and we try to kind of maybe avoid it out of sight out of mind but the reality is there's there's a lot of connections so as the ada states those are some key factors healthy weight maintain a healthy weight eat well and be active so what does that look like or what for for one what is type 2 diabetes look like the ADA defines type 2 diabetes as characterized by high blood glucose levels caused by either a lack of insulin or the body's inability to use insulin efficiently type 2 diabetes develops most often in middle-aged and older adults but can appear in young people I think it's getting more and more common in young people Mm -hmm. too and 
why? So a general observation is, well, people are becoming an unhealthier weight at younger ages, yeah. which then kind of starts that process. Um, and people, uh, you know, activity level is rather low in the, in the general population. And then, yeah, their food habits are not very good either. And people put on weight. And, yeah, like if you notice the – you know, obesity statistics for younger people are way higher than they were 20 years ago. And mm -hmm. for everyone in general, but mainly if you look at young people, it's kind of staggering how much it's gone up over the past. Probably we can say 20 years, maybe even 30. We'll say 30 because the 80s is kind of where things, you know, ramped up a lot. Um, yeah. And one key thing to realize, so type 2 diabetes, like they said, is a caused by either a lack of insulin or the body's inability to use insulin efficiently. Yeah. Uh, type 1 diabetes is actually kind of not necessarily completely different, but type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease. Yeah, it's a different manifestation. So your body's like pancreas like actually. If you don't make insulin. Yeah, be, it, or you do, but it's slowly declining your yeah. ability to, and you, those insulin-producing cells slowly die off, and then, yeah, you need insulin because your body just simply can't produce it because uh, you got to be able to clear your, you know, your blood glucose and stuff. Mm -hmm. whereas, Otherwise, it just builds up. Yeah. Whereas type two, two, is more. It's not necessarily that your pancreas is dying. You know, its cells are dying. You know, it's more uh, your body's ability. So typically, what we see is as you maybe gain weight, and our body just starts to be inefficient with stuff, or uh, we kind of abuse it in a way and I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's processes it get less efficient so it's like i'm you know we're just always in this state of always eating snacky stuff being hot, stressed high insulin levels and everything sleep. yeah everything gets insufficient and you develop you can't clear it so then your glucose levels are high and then yeah. our a1c is up and then it leads to developing type 2 diabetes but then what happens is that we see a lot when you lose weight, y your insulin sensitivity improves. You can actually basically get rid of yeah, type you 2 diabetes. It. So I, that is where. I, th I think it's interesting to think of for the most part. Like at, at, at a certain point, though, like you do say you've had type 2 diabetes, you know, for a very long period of time. And like you will, I think, stop producing insulin. Like towards the end stages of it, like when it's pretty bad. But for the most part, you almost think of it as more of a state of being that is influenced by, you know, what you do and where your body's mm -hmm. at. So it's not just that, like, you know, you catch diabetes or something. It's just that is where you've ended up, you know, slowly over mm -hmm. time. Because you didn't just one day wake up and boom, you had diabetes unless you have type 1 diabetes. But um, so it's just a state of being that can be influenced. Yeah rather than like I have this disease or I don't. It's more of a sliding scale overall and there's a certain period of time, a certain classification when we identify that somebody has diabetes. Yeah, and the unfortunate thing is sometimes it goes undiagnosed or untreated. Mm -hmm. People don't change their lifestyle, don't stay on maybe taking their insulin, monitoring their blood glucose, and then that's how you end up needing, you know, losing limbs and yeah. things like that. I mean, foot, foot amputations and leg mm -hmm. amputations are common if you've had diabetes for a long time and you haven't managed it as well as, as you could have. Yeah. And a lot of times we just aren't informed enough on the basics to realize some of the cause and effect of yeah. what we what we eat 
I had a consult with a lady a couple weeks ago and she mentioned that she was type 2 diabetic and she was frustrated because she, and she was eating what she thought was a healthy breakfast. She told me she was having uh, cornflakes and peaches and then she would check her blood and it would be up in like spike over 200 and she's like i don't i don't know why like this is a good breakfast and i explain how they're both carbohydrate foods and typically eating carbohydrates alone and you know cornflakes are processed yeah so high they're going to be higher glycemic there's nothing no fat or protein paired with it and yeah typically i would expect that to happen yeah for really anybody if you just Mm mm-hmm you know, slammed down a bunch of carbs. Like. And then she she mentioned, well, where are the carbs? And she just didn't know yeah, that she had no idea. cornflakes and peaches were a carbohydrate. <laughs> you know, and then imagine, so you, so, and she even was trying, right? Yeah, like she was trying to make a good decision and something she thought so, was a solid choice. Yeah. So even trying, if she didn't eventually catch, catch that, then you could end up with a lot of problems and complications, right? So... Um, it's it's a nuanced topic, and then the deeper questions. Well, why hasn't she been educated, yeah. or did she? Or and did, she yeah, just was she, and she didn't understand. Didn't absorb it, and needs more. Like I'm not completely sure what the process is from when you meet with like your doctor or practitioner, and yeah, what they, do they give you? Yeah, what that they looks like. They probably just give you a sheet of paper and tell you mm-hmm. one thing and move on. Yep, and it's it's real. Yeah. It's out there. I mean. This is where diet and exercise, again, there's benefits to like drugs and sometimes people need insulin and oh, yeah. uh, metformin, things like that work, work great. But I always like to think about if it were me, you still, hey, what, what can I control? So we know some of those factors are how we, how we move our body, when we move our body, if we move our body, mm-hmm. and what we put inside it, right? Absolutely. At the end of the day, we're grownups. No one... Think about it. It's crazy how we have, if there's one thing in this, like, life that we have almost ultimate control over, it's what we're putting inside our mouths. Yeah. Now, there's a lot that. There's a lot of underlying factors. To that that draws. But, yeah, no other grown person is coming and sticking a spoon of food in your mouth and forcing you to eat something. Yeah. So... So you are in control, however mm-hmm. difficult or painful it might be to make. Now, obviously, choices. we're not saying it's that's easy because there's environmental nah. factors and and we've emotions. talked about that. Yeah. I mean, we did the the, the um, how, why, what, and then we did the episode on you know how like being overweight or being o- obese um, makes it even harder mm-hmm. to change your yep. eating and things like that. So that's a good listen if you haven't listened to that one. So yeah, there's a lot involved. So we're not t- trying to tell everybody that's easy or anything like that. Yeah. And if you think you might be at risk, like talk to your doctor. Yeah. Uh, if you've been diagnosed or you're not sure uh, about proper eating and exercise. That's it's good, an easy thing to get checked, too. Yeah, that's a good place to start. It's not super invasive. You know, they just do a blood test and you're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, what we know on how exercise helps, physical activity helps lower blood pressure or yeah, you know, well, lower yeah, blood it pressure. Does lower blood pressure. <laughs> lower blood glucose, HDL cholesterol, and triglycerides. It lowers the risk for pre-diabetes, type two diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. It relieves stress. It strengthens the heart 
muscles and bones. It improves blood circulation and tones muscles. And it improves flexibility and reduces inflammation. I mean, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Sold. Lots, lots of reasons to be physically active. Um, one thing, one problem too is, as we mentioned, so typically people do develop type two diabetes later in life, just because it takes time to put ourselves yeah. kind of in this state. But we're seeing it happen more, more often when, as you know, younger and younger. But in general, the double whammy here is people develop it later in life. We're less likely to start new habits later in life. So when we develop something like that, say we have not been someone who goes to the gym or exercises or is physically active, we think that it's too late to start. Yeah. So now you have something that can make a big impact, but we don't even want to start it. Yeah, because you feel like you're you're having to you know roll a ball up a hill essentially to even get anywhere when you're mm-hmm. you know when people we're all set in our ways and our behaviors and our ways of thinking, and it is harder to change the longer you've been alive. It's just yeah. what it is, and that's. That's a, a, an obstacle to overcome, but it's not, it's not impossible. And one thing we always talk about and the ADA agrees with is there's immense benefits to just walking. Yes. So the ADA says, you know, even if you've never exercised before, you can find ways to add physical activity to your day. Even if your activities aren't strenuous, you'll get health benefits. Yeah. So just walk. Mm -hmm. You could literally just walk every day. Just some. Just go out and walk. And that would be a good start. And that that can kind of help snowball things when you can accomplish something like that. And be like, you know what? I got this down. I want to do a little bit more. Yeah. And then you're, you know, a little more likely to succeed because you've already succeeded at one thing. And if you want to talk about being most effective with especially our blood glucose, they found if you take a 10-minute walk after you eat, it lowers your blood glucose. Yeah. Right. It helps so you digest food better. It's mm-hmm. great. So right there, it and some studies have even found it has a similar, same, or better effect than metformin, which is a drug for diabetes that yeah. helps your blood glucose levels and things. And it's simple. It's free. It's ten minutes. Yeah. Eat, go walk. It just needs to be a habit. And it doesn't have to be a fast walk. It doesn't have to be a jog. Just go for a sh- literal stroll around the block as slow as you need it to be, and you'll be all right. Yep. And then with eating, <clears throat> same thing. We're trying to control that blood glucose response. Yeah. Our sugar levels. So when, like we mentioned before, when you eat just carbohydrates, it's typically going to cause a bigger insulin spike. But when you pair... A it carbohydrate dulls, it dulls that spike. Yeah, when you pair, pair it. it with like a protein or a fat, then it kind of dulls the, the huge peak spike. And that's typically recommended to kind of pair those foods together. Don't eat carbohydrates by themselves. Um, in and general, like a, obviously if you have less carbohydrates overall, it that's can helpful. manage it a little better. I think a lot of people find, and this isn't for everybody, nor is it a prescription, but doing uh, like lower carb or lowering their carbs in general doesn't even have to be technically low carb helps a lot of people that mm-hmm. um, you know have diabetes or just you know pre diabetes um, you know whether it helps them with just the the consistency overall it helps lower your blood glucose and stuff but um, 
the low carb may even help them just stay more consistent with how they eat because they're less tempted. They've kind of made a hard rule around, you know, eating less carbohydrates. So that limits their junk food and processed food. So um, that can be another big one as well. Yeah. And ultimately, just being more aware. Yeah. You know, you'll... And and just like knowing, (laughs) having some knowledge around it too is very helpful. With diet and exercise, as we mentioned before, I think another big barrier to entry is just people think they need to do the extreme stuff. Yeah. Um, but and, react- and that can be overwhelming to think about. But we normally, you know, develop type 2 diabetes over time. So it's not like it happens overnight. Yeah. So you, you don't have to eliminate everything yeah. again if you can manage a healthy body weight that goes such a long way just because yeah. the statistics show um you know typically if we become overweight and obese with our body composition you are much more likely to become a type 2 diabetic yeah so just managing that which for some people all you need to do is just weigh in every day yeah just be accountable to that and you'll make even almost subconsciously the decisions needed to not watch your weight go up every single year you know yeah that's a that's a big benefit um and then you know strength training is a big part of it too you know we talk activity um there's a lot of benefits from you know just some basic strength training heck you could do two days a week um but that's you know for one again we've talked about it as a keystone habit for a lot of people a lot of people change their diets inherently when they start exercising and that can be a helpful, you know, helpful for your, your diabetes. And then, you know, with strength training, you improve your, you know, your insulin sensitivity, um, you know, with muscle too, as you build muscle that improves your insulin sensitivity. Um, so it's, it's a good bang for your buck for people to do. And again, you might start with walking and then maybe progress once you feel like you got a handle on that to adding in a little bit of strength training every week. Um, and then, yeah, you're kind of like building your way up slowly to helping yourself. Yeah. And there's quite a few studies, especially in the last six, seven years, it looks like on resistance training Mm -hmm. for the management of type two diabetes. Uh, And basically it does have unique benefits. Whereas like we mentioned, walking and cardio has always been encouraged, but, uh, resistance training because of the way we you're contracting your muscles uh it uses up glucose mm-hmm. to do that and then you, if your body becomes better better and more likely it. to store glucose in your muscles for future use endeavors mm-hmm. if you don't do that then your body it may be a, a pathway that it kind of skips over mm-hmm. because it's like we don't ever do this yeah we, like it is, it's not this. needed so your body's not going to do something that's not needed we're super efficient and adaptive. Yeah, I'm reading through here. There was a study in, this one is 2016, resistance training in type two diabetes. And this is on the ADA. Then Here's another one, 2017, resistance training to improve type 2 diabetes. Resistance training induced gains in muscle mass 
and that's not solely responsible for improved muscle substrate metabolism and type 2 diabetes, which basically is saying a lot of times people would contribute, yeah, if you have a little more muscle, that's also going to help. Maybe that's the benefits of resistance training, but it's not. There's other, other pathways. Um, pathways. Yeah. And trying to find the, the takeaways here. The big thing is the interaction with our mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell. I think everybody knows that. And now what we're taught in school, yeah. in science, when we do about the or cell, everyone just knows that the mitochondria flashbacks to a is test the powerhouse of the cell. That was just the answer you put for everything yeah. in, in biology. I got one right. Obviously, our... Like we mentioned, if you have more muscle, less body fat, that's an improved body composition. There's yeah. definitely benefits to that. Yeah. But yeah, so in general, like we like to point out, everything always comes back to always man. the essential basics that we try to have as a recurring theme through everything so that you don't feel overwhelmed because this is fit for life, you know, not fit for your 30s bodybuilding show for your professional uh, sports league nah. uh, and what you see is as far as we get so much progress and benefits from walking right if you do a 10 minute walk daily after a meal your biggest meal or just a 30 minute walk daily whatever you can do or a few days a week of some resistance training mm -hmm. of some kind whatever to it may be Hey, two four, days. Two days works great. Yeah, two to four days a week of resistance training. These things, and again, you can go back to, will help you build muscle to look better at the beach. It will also help you um, maybe keep off developing type 2 diabetes. It will help your mood. It will help you sleep better. And then obviously, better sleep in turn will help your mood and help yeah, your exercise endeavors. So... It's before, such a loaded dice of stuff that you get from it. Yeah. And before you worry about minutia and details, if you're not even executing the basics consistently, it's just not going to matter. Yeah. You know, uh, working with a client and having them do a photo food journal, which is just taking pictures of the stuff you already eat. It's And it's more about can you do this? Because all you have to do, it's not even – pressing too hard on what you're eating it's take a picture and send it right food, it. photo food journal and sometimes that can be hard to do consistently and then maybe questions arise about well, what about macros maybe i should do a, you know a macro approach and then the reality is well now you're asking you need to try and consistently hit a protein a carb a fat so now that takes a lot of work. That takes even more than taking Because you need to know exactly what's going into your food, your portions. You have to weigh everything. Yep, which typically means weighing everything you eat, which also means cooking everything you're going to eat. So if you are struggling to just take a picture yeah, then and do that consistently. Yeah, then all those other steps is not going to be what, for you. Making it harder on yourself is not going to be the answer. Yeah. Because the fundamental issues still aren't there and need to be there for the, say, macro or more detailed approach to work. Because if you're not preparing majority of your meals already, yeah, it's just going to be 
you're uh, a harder challenge and make things even tougher. Same thing if you're not, if you can't find 10 minutes to go for a walk outside of your door so you don't have to drive anywhere. Yeah, you don't trying have to, to plan a five-day-a-week workout program mm-hmm. this is just not going to be the answer for you. Yeah, where you're at the gym for two hours and you got to drive there for 20, and 15 minutes. So now that's three hours yeah. of a day, five days a week. So you're going from... I can't find 10 minutes to... to I'm oh, gonna I'm going to make 15 hours in my week. Yeah, which is not reasonable. Mm-hmm. So just start with the easy thing. It doesn't have to be hard. And sometimes we try to make it harder or more complicated than it is, thinking that yeah. the, you know, the more thought out the plan is, the better. Yeah, And we know that planning things and having the perfect plan feels good to do anyways, just the planning part of it. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that, uh, they get stuck in that cycle mm-hmm. of just always building up, building up, I'm planning on doing this, it's the perfect plan, and then executing never happens. Yeah. So same thing, if, I know if I had type 2 diabetes, yeah, it can be overwhelmed. Oh, I gotta get, if I lose all this weight, I, can, I might be able to get off this insulin and improve things. Oh, but it, then it's overwhelming, where do I start? Start. I would start with walking after a meal, mm-hmm. and then maybe finding a place that I feel confident. Resistance training twice a week, mm-hmm. and that might be like at a mm-hmm. you know a place like. And now gym. I'm getting a routine with that. It's doable. It's sustainable. Now it's maybe easier to be more interested in changing the way I eat a little bit, mm-hmm. or being more consistent with the things I already know I need to be doing. And then you get that snowball effect, and you may then find. You don't have to go any further. Oh my, I'm losing weight. Oh, my blood glucose levels are improving. My A1C is improving. And you don't need anything else. And you didn't have to go any further than adding in a walk and some resistance training. Yeah. And pairing protein with don't your make meals. It, don't make it more complicated than it needs to be. But it does require change, though. So don't don't mm-hmm. don't mis you know misinterpret that. Like change is difficult, yeah. but it can be simple if we take small steps. Yep. Just like. Change, changing to cooking more of your meals isn't one change. You know, it's yeah. not, oh, well, I'll just, it also means, well, now you might have to learn how to cook. Now you might have to make sure your grocery shop. Yeah, you got to make a grocery list. You got to plan yeah. all your stuff out. So now it's it's more than just one change. Uh, that's why, same, even walking, right? Well, now you have to make sure you have, um, well, really actually walk, walk. <laughs> Walking's like yeah, just step outside your Walking's door. Most people already one. have Overall. Sh- already have shoes and a jacket, right? And um, you can just go. So really, all you have to do is look at your schedule and carve out ten minutes. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this podcast, you can do that while you're walking. Yeah, highly yeah. recommend. Hey, highly put recommend on a podcast it. while you walk. That's a good one. Get some greenery in your life if you happen to live near greenery. All right. Now I have to know. What do you need to know? Why is November? They just decided it, man. That's it. Diabetes Awareness Month. That's not going to be a good answer. Mm. I don't think I'm going to get one. Nah, there's not even a good. Someone just decided. Probably because all the other months or something else. It's November. I don't know if that's anything to do with it. Not really. Isn't it also no shave November? No shave. No- Is that still a thing? We still do that? I thought everyone was just growing mustaches. Yeah. It is a great cause, though. I mean. Yeah. 
the crazy thing is how many people have it and don't realize it. Mm-hmm. So that's the benefit of bringing awareness to it. Yep. Which hopefully, at the bare minimum, just doing this episode this month can can help with. Yeah, maybe bring a little awareness to it. Go get your physical. Get your blood sugar checked. That's the first step. Just that's the yeah. easiest way to know. Is just go get a physical, and they'll they'll tell you. And hopefully, you have a decent doctor that educates you and you know helps you through the process. Mm-hmm. So, if you are curious, di- as far as diagnosing diabetes, according to the Cleveland Clinic, you could be diagnosed with a version of diabetes if your blood glucose after fasting and before a meal test at 126 milligrams per deciliter or higher. So your fasting blood glucose is over 126. Your random blood glucose is 200 or higher. Or and you receive a result of 6.5 or higher on the hemoglobin A1C test, which shows how much glucose has attached to the hemoglobin in your red blood cells on average over the past three months that's that's the main one i know you know because if then if it comes if you get like to six or close to six it's like pre-diabetes yeah and and that's where you get warning signs if you're getting kind of like yearly checks that's normally a given yeah that's a flag actually yeah so pre-diabetes is typically when your a1c is the range of 5.7 to 6.4 okay Mm, the CDC estimates that in the United States, 88 million people have di- pre-diabetes and 84% don't know they have it. Holy Jesus. Mm-hmm. And just to reiterate, some bad things that can happen with diabetes is it puts you at risk for nerve damage, cardiovascular disease, foot and limb injuries, mm. vision problems, and other complications that arise a lot of stuff. from having uncontrolled blood sugar. So it should not be taken lightly. No. And it's tough because it's one of those things where you don't necessarily feel it. No. Oh, some people don't ever feel it, but typically you could, or you could feel the symptoms, but not really. And they're, like, they might not be extreme enough to where you even care. You're like, connect yeah, the whatever, dots. I just yeah. feel kind of off. Could, it could be like blurred vision. Yeah. Um, things like that and we'll have missed some of this but the diabetes awareness theme so week one November 1st through 7th is step up awareness so the first thing to do is to educate yourself says the ADA boom boom done so kind of little little you know packets of information and educate some of the stuff we're trying to do on here just educate bring some awareness step up awareness yep week two november 8th through 14th is step up detection so knowing the risk factors for type 2 diabetes is one of the first steps in preventing the 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 disease knowing when to go get checked out Mm -hmm. and which the biggest one is obviously your a1c yeah week number three November 15th through 21st is step up management. Okay. So help people living with diabetes thrive. The ADA provides healthy recipes at diabetes.org slash food hub and a healthy living newsletter. Week four, 
November 22nd through 28th. I feel like having this during thanks the month of Thanksgiving is yeah challenging, but I guess that yeah. helps with the awareness. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, week f- week four, November 22nd through 28th is Step Up and Thrive. So the group encourages those inspired by the previous steps, which was management, detection, awareness, um, to be advocates for more funding, healthcare access, and affordable treatments. Okay. I agree yeah. with it all. Mm-hmm. Step up. So that's the biggest thing is get checked, make sure, do the things you can control. Yeah. Because we can control. There are some mm-hmm. things we can't control in life. But eating and moving ourselves in some way are generally something we can control. Yep. So, especially if, like, if you're an adult, you have full autonomy to do whatever you want, which can be scary sometimes. And just one thing. So some symptoms, so we can kind of yeah, touch so on the, uh, what was it, week three or week two diagnose. To maybe be, a, you know, on awareness for and then got? definitely reach out to your doctor so some symptoms for type 2 diabetes increased thirst frequent frequent urination increased hunger unintended weight loss fatigue blurred vision slow healing sores frequent infections boom yep so get, and get checked out just to share my wife she has type 1 diabetes and at first she, she, this is why it's important to go to your doctor she had those symptoms and started googling around especially the increased thirst frequent urination and unintended weight loss all of them to a drastic degree to where like you can't not notice you can't almost. Ignore it, yeah. and then she got misdiagnosed as having type 2 diabetes which again they're different yeah and the treatments are different but luckily, she, you know, got a second opinion, and then yeah, f- did some tests and found out she had type one diabetes. So that's why it's important too to make sure you know what you have. Yeah. You know, whether it's type one or type two. There's and really there's now it's like a spectrum. Yeah, type one and a half. So there's like type one and a half, which then is isn't just one thing either. They're learning a lot about it. But the point is, I mean, she was starting to like lose her hair maybe a little too is yeah you you need you want to be aware find yeah. out and then then you can get on the proper treatment and then, yeah you can so, manage it the best yeah. you can and her her blood glucose levels when she finally went and got tested were like in the 300s <clears throat> like it, was, it, was, it would have been a, you know if you just keep living like that it's going to cause a, a, a lot well, of yeah, problems imagine a couple years so, down the road that would have caused a lot yeah. of issues but then she's able to manage it well with metformin and exercise and diet right yeah. keeps the blood glucose in check and you monitor it and everything and stay on top of it but and then yeah all those symptoms go away all right so hopefully that helps yeah. national diabetes month bringing some awareness to it because it is super common like we saw i mean i think i saw another statistics where essentially like 25 percent of people like over 40 or over 50 have it I saw one in, two. one in five so tw- people between 12 and 18 are pre-diabetic. One in five. That's not looking good. And then the one in four, I think, um, in there, you know, from like 18 to 25 or so, one in four were pre-diabetic as well. 
That's a high percentage, man. That's mm-hmm. too many. Mm-hmm. We're trying to spread the good word. Doing the so, best we can. Again, diabetes awareness. If you feel any of those symptoms like out of nowhere, well, I mean, it's not like they're, eh, they don't have to be out of nowhere, but if they persist, um, it's good to go get checked. Worst case scenario, they tell you, you're, you know, well, they have diabetes, but like, <laughs> you know, they, they can just say it's nothing. It's not that. Yes, yeah, I like guess not that. I guess it's not worst case scenario, but um, yeah, so I would go get checked. And then you can always help it, so no biggie. All right. I think that's week. that's all we got. That's it. That's our awareness, detection, management, step up and thrive. Step up. And if you want more information, the ADA. The American Diabetes Association. Check them out. They have, let's see here, diabetes.org. And they got tons of resources, kind of all, all these statistics, tips, tricks, ways to help get involved, community stuff, all that. So check that out if you're interested in more. Diabetes.org. O-R-G. O-R-G. All right, everybody. All right. Take it easy. See you guys, girls. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.